0: Hello, brothers and sisters, friends and family. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. This episode should drop on July 3rd. So I just want to say a happy 4th of July. Happy Independence Day. American Independence Day to everyone out there listening. Even at a time when we might feel a lot of division in our country, when there is a lot of division politically, socially, economically, I have great hope for the future. That can be difficult sometimes when we see things we don't agree with. It's easy to get discouraged. It's easy to get discouraged by the division and the fighting that we see politically, on the media, culturally, but I have great hope for the future because I get to see our young people every day. As a teacher, as a coach, I'm surrounded by young people and I see these young people from different backgrounds, different cultures, with different beliefs, from different economic backgrounds, with different political views, and I see them able to engage in productive discourse. I see them able to have meaningful discussions and still treat each other with dignity and respect. It's very easy for older generations to pick out the flaws, the perceived flaws of upcoming generations. But I see a lot of empathy, I see a lot of courage, and I I have great hope for the generation to come. With that, we'll jump into some other good news. The organization I want to highlight this week is the We Defy Foundation. They can be found at wedefyfoundation.org. This is another jujitsu-related nonprofit. And specifically, this organization helps combat veterans who are dealing with military-connected disabilities. I love the information on their website. I wanted to highlight an organization that is specifically working with combat veterans, especially as here in the United States, we are going into celebrating our Independence Day. And despite the division we may see or feel It is important to remember the sacrifices that were made so that we can live in an independent nation where we can speak our feelings. So, I like that We Defy Foundation is focused on combat veterans, specifically combat veterans dealing with disabilities, and they're offering a long term means. To dealing with, managing, and overcoming those challenges through Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. I like that they specifically on their website point out that it's a long term means of dealing with their challenges. So often, even very well intended nonprofit organizations or charitable actions are great, but we need sustainable means we need to provide people long-term options to to dealing with physical and mental trauma. According to their website, we defy has raised or raised over500,000 dollars in 2021. They offered, over 300 athlete scholarships and have over 300 affiliate gyms in 45 states. I also like they point out that 80 cents cents of every dollar goes directly to program expenses. That's great. That's always something I wonder about. I very much like to contribute to and support charitable organizations. It's one of the reasons that I highlight an organization on each podcast episode because there are people out there doing good work and supporting and helping and nurturing other people. But sometimes we don't know how much of our donated dollar is really going to the services provided or how much of that money is being used for overhead and to pay people who are working for the organization or for the infrastructure side of things. And that's not bad. There needs to be infrastructure for a nonprofit organization to work well, but it's nice when a larger percent of each donated dollar is going directly to helping the people who need it. So I like that they point that out on there and 80% eighty cents of every dollar is going directly to those program expenses. I also really like the values they highlight on their website. That's a big thing to me. I like when an organization points out these are our core values and they have them listed. And it just says we are committed, we empower, we evolve. That's a pretty great set of core values for any organization or for an individual. To be committed to the mission, committed to the purpose, to want to empower ourselves and others and to be continually evolving to learn and grow. If you have a chance, you can go on their website, WeDefyFoundation.org. You can donate directly there. They also have merchandise if you're someone who's into Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. They have geese available, rash guards, t-shirts, a lot of great apparel. It looks pretty cool too. There's some Pretty cool designs for their rash guards. And I like the logo, the emblem they have for the We Defy Foundation that you can get on a t-shirt. You can become an ambassador. You can become an affiliate gym if you're somebody who works out at a jujitsu jitsu gym. And I've mentioned many times with jiu-jitsu or whatever it is, whether it's a, another combat sport, any other team sport, that camaraderie. That support, that family sort of feeling that is created through physical training, mental training, that is so important and it does provide, it provides a lot of support. It provides a lot of necessary connection especially when people are dealing with trauma. That connection is so important. So if you get a chance, check out We Defy Foundation. Next, I'll jump into my blog post for this week. And the blog post is Counselor on the Bridge. I was watching some Star Trek The Next Generation a little while back. It's a great show. Every time I revisit the series, I'm reminded of how great it is. I've always been taken by the optimistic, forward-thinking undercurrents of the Star Trek universe. With this most recent viewing, I was struck by the counselor on the bridge. For those unfamiliar, the bridge is the command center of a Starfleet spacecraft. In this case, it's where the central characters often gather on the USS Enterprise. The captain of the ship, Jean-Luc Picard, has a chair in the middle of the bridge. To his right sits his first officer, Commander William Riker. To the captain's left is another Starfleet officer, Counselor Deanna Troy. As a kid, I didn't give that dynamic much thought. Now, having a counselor on the bridge makes me smile. Star Trek The Next Generation ran from 1987 to 1994, right smack dab in the middle of my formative adolescence. There wasn't a lot of attention given to mental health in mainstream media back then. There was a palpable stigma around mental health issues. That's why I was happy to see Counselor Troy again. There she was, frozen in a 35-year-old episode of television, reminding me how far we've come and how far we still need to go. I'm a father, a teacher, and a coach. I see young people struggle almost every day. I also see the power of educational practices focused on social-emotional learning and mental health. We've made a lot of progress in the last 30 years. There's much more open discussion and many more depictions of social-emotional issues. That's a good thing. But there are still many misconceptions and prejudices and misunderstandings. There is still work to be done. I'm convinced we're in the middle of a mental health pandemic. People of all ages and backgrounds, all beliefs and orientations are struggling. We'll never end depression and anxiety. We'll never rid the earth of all trauma. Mental health is a path that must be continually traveled. It's a difficult road, but it's one worth taking. We must continue to bring mental health and social emotional issues to the forefront. We have to prioritize individual and societal wellness. That's the way forward. Much of the Star Trek universe is set in a proposed future when humanity has set aside petty differences in the pursuit of knowledge and understanding. I take comfort in that. We as human beings are flawed, we are irrational, we make mistakes, but we learn, we grow. We have a harrowing capacity for hatred and violence, but we also have an immeasurable propensity for love. We are imperfect, but ever-evolving. That is a central tenet of the Star Trek mythos, a notion in which I firmly believe. We can change, and we will. We create a better existence for all when we put a counselor on the bridge. When we put mental health at the center of things. That's how we heal. That's how we grow. That's how we boldly go where no one has gone before. I have said it before, but I feel like... The mental health issues that impact so many of us should be a unifying force. It doesn't matter whether we grew up with a lot of money or we didn't. It doesn't matter our social background, our belief system. It doesn't matter our political affiliation. Mental health impacts Absolutely everyone. And I led this show talking about how much hope and faith I have in the generation of young people who will be coming into their own and and running this world sooner than we think. But I also worry because I see so much stress. I see so much anxiety. I worry for them as individuals because I have those young people in my classes, on the teams that I coach. And I'm, I'm very optimistic because there is much more openness when discussing traumas when discussing mental health issues, and that's good. That's a step in the right direction, for sure. But we also need to take a good hard look as to why we have such a mental health pandemic. And it's a lot of reasons. It's not going to be boiled down to just a couple of things. There's a lot of reasons that people are struggling, but it's important to recognize that people are struggling. It makes sense to me that a show that is as forward-thinking as Star Trek always has been would have the foresight to 35 years ago represent a future where a counselor A mental health professional is central to the operations of a starship. And I mentioned it in the blog post, but for those who don't really follow Star Trek, Star Trek is set in a future where Earth has kind of gotten rid of poverty and the need for money and they've ended war and war amongst ourselves war amongst humanity and then in star trek there are conflicts sometime with races from other planets but star trek presents this earth that has moved beyond a lot of the petty conflicts that have plagued us throughout all of human existence. I like that level of optimism. In the book I wrote, Ernest from Earth, there's there's a slight science fiction setting to the beginning that sets up the story. That's not really the heart of the book that I wrote, but I really thought a lot about that Gene Roddenberry-esque view of the future. Gene Roddenberry was the creator of Star Trek. That this is maybe a possibility. That this is what we might become. A civilization that sets aside the petty differences and conflicts and disagreements, for the greater good, to seek knowledge and understanding, and Counselor Deanna Troy on Star Trek: The Next Generation is also. I think it's. I, think, I may be incorrect here, but I think it's a Betazoid. She's half human, half Betazoid, and in the Star Trek universe, betazoids have empathic and I think some telepathic abilities. And Gianna Troy has some of that. And I like that idea too of forefronting the importance of empathy to try to understand what other people are feeling. The other thing I'll say with Star Trek The Next Generation, and I shared this with my athletes not long ago. I was reflecting on Star Trek The Next Generation as I wrote this piece. And there's another episode from one of those early seasons of Next Gen. It's, I think it's still in season one, maybe it's season two, that presents The Q. And the Q is this near omniscient, very powerful race of beings. And there's one character, Q, who continues to show up in Star Trek for years after his first appearance. But the Q, in one episode, put members of the Starship Enterprise on trial as representatives for all of humanity. And they're essentially putting humanity on trial to see if they're worthy, if we are worthy of still existing. Because we, as a species, have committed countless atrocities. We have throughout our history hated each other and killed each other and denigrated each other. And that's brought to the forefront in this episode where it's, if we were put on trial collectively, what should our punishment be? Should we be allowed to continue as a species? And what is discovered... What is presented in this episode is that while human beings are endlessly flawed, we are also continually adapting, changing, learning, growing, that we have a tremendous capacity for love and for friendship, for camaraderie, that we do. In times of despair and times of tragedy. Band together to raise each other up. And that is one of the central themes in Star Trek. It's one of the themes with which I connect deeply. That I'm flawed. We are flawed. But we are ever growing, ever learning, and that gives me tremendous hope. With that, I also want to say, because this podcast is coming out on July 3rd, I want to shout out my cousin Tim, who I grew up with. Tim's birthday is the 5th, so it's coming right up here, right after the 4th of July. Tim is the biggest Star Trek fan I know. I always liked Star Trek, but Tim was always next level when we were kids. He knew like everything about it, and Tim has had a uh, rough go at times. He's struggled with some health stuff recently, but he's on the mend. I haven't seen him for a while, so I just wanted to send out my love to Tim, because anytime I think about Star Trek... I also think about my cousin Tim, who I got to grow up with. We're about the same age. And I just want to say, happy birthday. Love you, man. Here are some random thoughts. I wonder if my clothes ever get confused when I bring them up from the dryer, dump them on my bed to fold them, Then they sit there until 11 o'clock at night when I throw them back in the laundry basket unfolded. Also, my kids and I were talking about a restaurant called Toast. I think there's a restaurant in our area called Toast. I honestly don't know. I don't go out to a lot of restaurants, but we were talking about it. I think that's how it maybe came up. But then we were picturing, I think the restaurant is like... uh, a reference to like make a toast, raise your glasses, that sort of thing. But then we were envisioning a restaurant that only serves toast. And I got to say, I think that's a pretty good idea. Like just a whole bunch of different kind of breads. We can have gluten-free vegan type options, but we'll just make toast. And then there'll be all sorts of different toppings for that toast all the the butters and jellies and jams and everything that you can think of and we'll do experimental things with the toast toppings that you maybe wouldn't think of but i think it's a pretty good idea an all toast restaurant because toast pretty extraordinary it's kind of crazy how you can take bread which is already pretty good and this is coming from a guy who I don't eat bread. I haven't eaten bread in a long time. But it's pretty tasty. Take bread. Then you just like heat it up. Crisp it up a little bit. And it's it's even better. It's amazing. So there you go. I don't know. Maybe someday we'll start an all-toast restaurant. Or really, if anybody else has the means and they think that sounds like a pretty good idea, you just take it. Yeah? You just start the all-toast restaurant. We'll swing by. I'm not... I'm probably not going to start a restaurant. So, toast. Now, if you don't mind, I'd like to leave you all with a song again today. If you're not into that, you can, of course, stop listening here after my little introduction, and I bid you well. But I'm going to sing a John Prine song today. If you're unfamiliar with John Prine, he was... One of the people we lost during the height of the COVID pandemic when things were really locked down and it kinda of hit me a little hard. I I don't usually I don't usually get too worked up when there's something going on with a celebrity or something like that. I wish them all well and my heart goes out to their families and things when there's a celebrity passing or something like that. But John Prine kind of hit me a little bit because I'm a big John Prine fan. I I didn't know his music so much as a kid when I was young and my family would get together. Music was always a big part of our lives. We would sit in my grandparents' basement and listen to records when I was a kid and my my aunts and uncles would be sitting down there and my cousins and a lot of my family members rock back and forth when they're listening to music so I have vivid memories of that and then my whole life my family has done nannies, and we call them nannies, where a lot of the family members uncles and cousins specifically play guitar and they'll bring their acoustic guitars and play and sing songs and i kind of grew up on some of those older kind of folk songs or even kind of old rock songs that you could strum on acoustic guitar and sing along to i didn't really know john prine early on with that i i became fascinated with guys like chris christopherson those kind of singer songwriters from that vein and i I kind of found john prine a little bit later and as soon as i discovered him i was like this guy is it he had this ability to write songs that were meaningful and thoughtful heartfelt touching but also silly he would put in these silly wondrously humorous lines and i thought maybe nobody better captured the full experience of humanity the the somber the sad but also the silly and the song i played last week was written by blaze foley who's maybe a lesser known songwriter but it's one of the few songs that john prine would cover because he's he would wrote his own songs prine But that song struck him, and that's the song that he covered, and I just thought I'd play a John Prine song for you today. I had a chance to see John Prine a couple of times. Each show was fantastic. Saw him with my kids twice, and the last time I got a chance to see John Prine was one of his very last shows. He was playing a show. He was having basically a New Year's Eve party at the Grand Ole Opry down in Nashville. I'm so glad that we went. My kids and I like to travel. We like to take road trips, do things like that. And it was sort of on short notice. Usually I plan out a big trip like six months in advance. I like to really plan things out and decide what we're gonna all hit up and do. And this was a little shorter notice. It was, it was after football season, I think. So football season wraps up, depending on how far we go, mid November, something like that. And I saw Prime. I think I would known that before was playing at the Opry, and I eh, wasn't sure if we were going to go over our Christmas break. And I thought, you know what, we're just going to go. So I. Got us tickets to the show. I was still able to get tickets. Reserved hotel. That whole thing. I'm like, we'll take a road trip down there after Christmas. Going into the new year. And we'll ring in the new year in Nashville, Tennessee. So this must have been... Let's see. Must have been the new year. Like ringing in the 2020 new year, I think. Because right, COVID stuff shut everything down here in about March of 2020, must have been. So, end of 2019 going into 2020. Kids and I take this road trip down. It was a great road trip. We stopped in St. Louis and had a lot of fun there. We stayed by the arch and there's, I forget the name of the museum. Maybe I'll highlight it sometime. There's like a children's museum there in St. Louis that was fantastic, very interactive, a lot of fun. We did that. Then we continued down to Nashville and had a lot of fun in Nashville, did kind of the touristy things, walked around, bought some records, went to the Country Music Hall of Fame, all that sort of stuff. But then New Year's Eve was this show at the and My kids at the time, so that two years ago, my kids are 10 and 11 right now, this is two years ago. And. They're fairly young, but they're kind of used to just doing all these sorts of things with me, the three of us. And the whole show was fantastic. Marty Stewart opened. If you've never seen Marty Stewart live, he's an amazing guitar player, and his opening act was a lot of fun. Prine played and played and played that night. I assumed, okay, he's either going to, because the show started early enough where I wasn't. I wasn't sure if it was going to go to midnight or not. I forget what time the show started. But I was like, all right, I'm not really sure they're going to play all the way to midnight. Because that would be an awfully long show. But Prine plays all the way to midnight. He brings out special guests throughout it. We got to see Kurt Vile and some other people come out. It was great. And plays all the way to midnight. We ring in the new year together. Then he probably played, again with guests coming back out and stuff, probably played for, I'm going to say close to another hour. I don't remember exactly. I think we left the Grand Ole Opry at 1 in the morning, give or take, or maybe even a little after. I don't think we got to bed until after 2, and we stayed right there by the Opry. So it was just a great, great show. And little did we know, a couple months after that, the height of the COVID stuff would really kick in. schools shut down, businesses shut down everywhere. Musicians weren't touring and doing stuff. And then John Prine contracted COVID and did pass away. So I was extra glad that we... Took the trip down there and got to see him. Love John Prine, so I'm going to leave you with my rendition of a John Prine song here. Again, I'm not much of a singer or a guitar player, but you don't have to be good at something to like it. Make me a poster of an old rodeo Just give me the one thing I can hold on to To believe in this living is just a hard way to go I had me a cowboy Wasn't much to look at Just a free rambling man But that was a long time No matter how I try, The years just roll by Like a broken down dance Make me an angel Who flies from Montgomery In the kitchen I can hear them buzzing and I ain't done nothing since I woke up today
1: how the hell
0: can a person go to work in the morning come home in the evening and have nothing to say make me Rain hard way to go thank y'all be cool to each other love ya peace